Thank you for tuning in to Engage, your one-stop shop for all things social studies and engagement. Today, we're talking about civics. Now, civics is something near and dear to my own heart as a, an AP Gov teacher. But more than that, I've done a lot of work on civics over the last year and a half. Now, some of that work is with our own state of Wisconsin, uh, the Wisconsin DPI, uh, and the state superintendent have worked to to focus uh, a lot of attention on civics teaching in our state. Um, this has included a, a real focus into uh, how we can get all students to become more engaged citizens, uh, you know, better consumers of information, and feel more empowered to be a part of our governments and a part of the, the process uh, of politics within our states and our communities. Now, from that, uh, we created what's called the Wisconsin Civics Scope and Sequence. And that scope and sequence uh, provides kind of an outline for how you could address civics in your classroom. Now, none of it's required by districts, but it gives teachers subject ideas, lessons, and pathways to address the standards. There's an elementary scope and sequence filled with resources, book recommendations, and lesson plans that are ready to go in order to implement civics um, at that level. There's a middle school uh, setup, which has three different classes that are designed to go over teaching civics and incorporating all the other social studies standards into that teaching of civics. And lastly, the high school group, the group I worked with, uh, created a course essentially aimed at meeting the civic standards and connecting that to social studies throughout that civics course. Now, that course is, it has a lot of overlaps with AP US government and politics. So there's a lot of connections to my own teaching. Uh, and today, here's the plan. Today, I'm going to go over how I go about teaching some of those elements. So this is kind of like the, the intro episode, the very first episode where we start talking about civics. In today's episode, we're going to focus in on how I go about building engagement and teaching uh, foundations of democracy and democratic decision-making. Now, even if you're not in Wisconsin, I think there's some useful tips you can get from what we're talking about today, some useful strategies for how to approach uh, the foundations of democracy in your classroom. Thanks for tuning in. Let's dive in. Now, the high school scope and sequence kicks off with a great starter unit, Foundations of Democracy and Democratic Decision-Making. And it focuses in on what were the primary goals and concerns of founding thinkers that influenced the Constitution. Now, this is a great section to talk about documents, document analysis. As an AP Gov teacher, this is where we start bringing in a lot of those foundational documents. For example, I would start with something focusing in on the Declaration of Independence. Yes, you can talk a little bit about the Revolution, but the Declaration is where it's at when you're talking civics. So I spend a good chunk of time uh, where we look at the Declaration of Independence, and in particular, those first two paragraphs. So we, we get a copy of the Declaration of Independence in front of the students, and we start annotating what those first two paragraphs mean, and kind of breaking off into uh, separate little discussions. So we, we talk about, like, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And then we get into a discussion about, like, what they meant by equality. Could there be different ways of thinking about equality in different time periods? Uh, we get into talking about how uh, different people interpreted that equality differently later on. For example, you could look at a passage from Frederick Douglass or listen to a passage 
uh, of someone reading some Frederick Douglass uh, and his thoughts on Independence Day on the 4th of July. You can look at passages from women suffragists who fought for women's rights and often reference this document. Uh, they'd be great comparisons when talking about this Declaration of Independence. Now, the equality part isn't it. You know, we can also talk about, uh, you know, popular sovereignty, the idea that uh, power comes from the consent of the governed. Uh, we could talk about, um, you know, the natural rights theory and John Locke, um, you know, the life, liberty, and property elements uh, that some people believed are, you know, key natural rights that all citizens are born with. And furthermore, it's a great discussion about, like, the founders not wanting a monarchy, not wanting uh, too much power. Why would they create a constitution and create the same system they had before? They wouldn't. Uh, so it leads to some great discussions on that. Now, the next thing to make a great connection to the founding of the Constitution is the Articles of Confederation. Now, my students don't read the Articles of Confederation. We focus in on a discussion of the weaknesses and flaws of that system. And then we do a little bit of a simulation of the struggles they face. My favorite simulation on the Articles of Confederation is just giving each of the table groups in my room a pile of blocks. Now, I give each table group different amounts of blocks. So some groups have more, representing the larger states with more resources and more people, and some have small amounts, like, you know, maybe a Delaware or uh, a, a Georgia. Smaller amount of people, smaller amount of resources potentially in that state. And that's what those blocks are representing. Then I tell them to build a fort. Now, each table has a lot of fun with this because some tables have like four blocks and their fort is, well, it's, it's not much. And some tables have more blocks than they can possibly build a fort with during that time frame. And they're building all these extensions. They're building all these extra towers standing out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's great. Now, the point of this whole activity is we start talking about uh, defenses and can the Articles of Confederation defend themselves? I describe myself as the British, and we're coming. We're, we're bringing our ships. We're going to land. We're going we're gonna to take back these colonies. Now, the question is, can the colonies unite enough? Because I'm going to be a serious threat for that, for that Delaware or that Georgia, that state with a whole lot less blocks. Their fort's not going to hold up to me. So the question becomes, how willing are they to sacrifice some of their own blocks for the better good of the confederation of this new U.S. system. Uh, and oftentimes, the students with those gigantic, magnificent forts are like, we're not sharing. That could weaken us. And the states with a little bit of resources, more than the smaller ones, are still not going to give up theirs because they know they'll be the next target. So we start talking about these, this weakness of the Articles of Confederation. Stuff like Shays' Rebellion, stuff like this example, and the discussions that occurred during the, the Articles of Confederation point out uh, how difficult it was for them to be a united country. Now, after talking about those documents, I like to talk about Fed 10 and Fed 51. Certainly, you could maybe skip those or summarize those in some sort of brief way, but I think they bring up some important concepts like uh, fear of majority rule and talking about minority rights, talking about checks and balances, talking about separation of powers, federalism. But they're also really difficult topics to cover. So I suggest getting infographics from the internet, making it easier for students to kind of 
break down those documents. And I also might suggest utilizing AI. There's a lot of cool things you could do. You could turn these documents into uh, a different lexile. You could uh, have it update the words to modern language. Uh, you could have the AI, you know, convert them to a, a song, a modern song. You know, find some way to uh, to utilize ChatGPT or some other AI program uh, to make Fed 10 and Fed 51 a more maybe enjoyable experience. And we'll talk about using AI in another one of these episodes. Um, and lastly, I would certainly talk about the Constitution a little bit. You can focus in on the preamble and talk about popular sovereignty. And hey, my students love to watch the preamble song by Schoolhouse Rock. Uh, it's super old, uh, but you know, I, I think they they kind of like it for, uh, for getting the feel of what's, what's in that. And me singing along to the song adds the entertainment value of my classroom. Uh, and then also looking at parts of the Constitution like Article 1, Section 8, uh, which really focuses in on limiting our government to only certain powers. Uh, so I think that's an important thing to, to focus in on. Uh, now, if you don't want to focus in on documents and want to focus in on just some big themes, checks and balances, separation of powers, stuff like that, uh, there's some great lesson plans out there. Uh, for example, I'll share a lesson plan on rule of law that street law has uh, that's pretty well done. Uh, so consider utilizing something like that. Now, the next section focuses in on how the amendments or landmark Supreme Court cases have enhanced, hindered, or clarified certain parts of the founding uh, and some of those uh, principles and parts of the Constitution. You could certainly talk about selective incorporation, where the, the Bill of Rights becomes applying to the states. You could talk about the Commerce Clause uh, and its expansion of power uh, to do things like uh, and segregation in businesses or regulate uh, the amount of grain that can be produced on a farm. There's a lot of great uh, court cases you can talk about around the Commerce Clause. And you can even just simply talk about a case like Marbury versus Madison, uh, securing that power of judicial review for the Supreme Court. I think there's a lot of great topics you could cover here. Uh, and speaking of like court cases, like the next section is all about court cases. Uh, in what ways has the U.S. government upheld or violated its own values, commitments in the treatment of people from different society, socioeconomic statuses, religion, race, ethnicity, and gender? Uh, now, I think in a, a civics class, you could easily talk about things like Dred Scott, Plessy versus Ferguson as, you know, examples of the government, you know, not standing up for equality. You could talk about things like Korematsu versus the United States uh, and also kind of its lack of um, supporting that concept. Uh, if you want some success stories, you could talk about Brown v. Board, Gain v. Wainwright, uh, Wisconsin v. Yoder. Uh, those would be great things to talk about. And you can also talk about just like civil rights movements, like women's suffrage, uh, or the African-American civil rights movements. I think there's some easy topics for you to add in uh, that showcase these things. Now, when I teach about court cases, which I love teaching about court cases, uh, I enjoy using the materials from street law. They have some great overviews of the court cases. Uh, I enjoy giving students uh, like arguments from each side from those court cases, and then they kind of like um, sort them into this argument helps on this side, this argument helps on this side, uh, that kind of thing. I think it gets them, you know, critically thinking around these court cases. And I also occasionally like to do some 
uh, drama. So, for example, we just talked about Marbury versus Madison a moment ago. Uh, Marbury versus Madison, I converted into a musical in class because why not? Kids love Hamilton musical, uh, so I decided why not? Uh, you know, ride those coattails of uh, Hamilton into Marbury versus Madison the musical. I give my students different roles in the class, and we kind of act out Marbury versus Madison. Now, before that, they have a, a podcast to listen to about Marbury vs. Madison. So they have some background knowledge. And then I add in uh, kind of the actions and the, um, the song ideas. And just new this year, I once again used AI uh, to have it create actual songs. So songs for the characters uh, as they experience the events of Marbury vs. Madison. Uh, and then my students, you know, read parts of those songs, the song, the song parts that seemed uh, most relevant to the actual story. Uh, and that was really interesting. And that might be something you can utilize uh, with um, certain court cases, uh, as long as it seems like something appropriate to, to have students, you know, acting out. Uh, that's, of course, important when you're doing something uh, with drama. And you're on to the last topic in this foundations section. And I think it's actually the most interesting topic because I think it's something that like, I don't focus a whole lot on. Um, it's how is the Wisconsin Constitution similar to or different from the U.S. Constitution? And now some of you might be from different states, uh, so this might be something uh, that doesn't relate to you. Uh, but I think it's still something interesting to think about. It's an interesting way to compare uh, some key documents. Uh, for example, you can look at how the Wisconsin Constitution uh, has some similarities, like there's you know certain rights that are being protected in both the Wisconsin Constitution and the U.S. Constitution. There's like separation of powers. You got a governor. You got the legislative branch of Wisconsin. Those might be things to compare. Uh, and students probably don't get a ton of experience talking about their state's governments. And I think that's something really interesting, too. You could also look at, like, for example, Wisconsin has a process for amending the Constitution. Uh, so you could look at both countries, or both the country and the state have an amendment process. Maybe you look at those amendment processes. One might be easier than the other. Uh, and a state like Wisconsin really cares about stuff like popular sovereignty, power coming from the people, which sounds like something you can relate back to that preamble. We, the people. So it might be interesting to do some sort of comparison. Maybe have the students take those two documents and like cut out parts uh, that are related and put them next to each other. That might be an interesting way to, to break down the Constitution, uh, both constitutions. Now, you could also look at differences. For example, in a state, there's going to be a discussion of like home rule, giving power to those cities and towns and villages. There's also going to be potentially different governor powers. Like in Wisconsin, uh, where they have that Frankenstein veto uh, that basically allows for line item vetoes, which the president doesn't have. So that might create a discussion about like how much power to give the executive. And of course, there's things like elected judges and provisions for education and health care. That kind of stuff shows up in state constitutions all the time. Now, I know this podcast has been a lot of discussion about topics you can focus in on and kind of an overview of that scope and sequence component uh, for Wisconsin's uh, civics scope and sequence for the high school. Uh, and I hope that's useful for some of the, the listeners. Please tell me if, uh, if it is, and I'll certainly want to keep up 
uh, these types of episodes. Uh, now, we only got into a few engagement topics in this episode. Uh, we talked about a few things that I utilize, and I think we're going to have some great episodes coming up on things like drama in the classroom, on things like utilizing AI in the classroom. Uh, so stay tuned. We're going to get some really cool episodes in the coming weeks with some really detailed engagement topics. See you then. Thank you for listening to Engage, where social studies ignites curiosity. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Wisconsin Council for the Social Studies. This amazing organization is how I've met a lot of these other amazing teachers and learned a lot of phenomenal teaching strategies that have really changed my classroom experience. Join me and many of my colleagues at the annual Social Studies Conference in March. Find out more information at wcsswisconsin.org. That's wcsswi.org.